every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker and co-host Lou Basada. Have you watched the news lately? If you're listening to the show, I know you probably have. You can hardly miss what's happening to our children. Public schools are failing in so many places. Kids are graduating high school unable to read or do basic math. But there's something else happening across this country. I've dealt with it sometimes on this show. We've had guests talk about exactly what is happening. What are we sensing? What are we feeling? What is going on? Why the division? Why do we have the left coming so hard in so many different areas of our country? Why is that happening? And now we look at our kids and we look at different states all over the country that are making it illegal for parents to stop kids from transitioning to a different sex. Some states have made that illegal. The state of Oregon has made it illegal for people wanting to adopt to prevent their children from transitioning. In fact, they have to sign a piece of paper that says they will allow the kids to transition. And if they don't sign the piece of paper, they don't get to adopt. I've had shows about the border in the past. I think you know how I feel about Alejandro Mayorkas. He should be impeached. There's no reason for the Republicans to wait on that. The Joe Biden administration and what they have done at the border is ridiculous. But one thing that I continue to talk about are the children. If you remember a few weeks ago, I had Craig Saulman Sawyer, who is the uh, former Navy SEAL that started an organization called VetsForChildRescue.org. And he talked about the child sex trafficking going on at the border. We recently learned 345,000 children have come across the southern border unaccompanied. Now we have found out, and now it's been revealed that 85,000 children are missing of those. The Biden administration has lost them, 85,000 children. This week, there was a whistleblower that came out from HHS, and she testified in hearings. And what she testified about is scary. My question to you is, why are we allowing this? Why are we allowing this in, in what once was a great country? I don't know the answer to those questions, but what I can do is try to bring you the truth, and that's what I'll do here on Our Lives in Politics. This hour is brought to you by 4 Use the keyword out loud for a 10% discount when you go to 4 I'm Booker Scott, the host of this hour, Our Lives in Politics, and I really want to thank you for joining us and I know you're listening on the America Out Loud talk radio app and iHeartRadio, and I appreciate that. But for those of you that found us on a podcast, I really want to thank you for supporting this show and listening to our lives in politics. Let's start this hour with the whistleblower. Tara Rodas came forward, and she decided she was not going to allow this to happen anymore. 
Let's hear her opening statement from Capitol Hill. It is an honor to be here. I thank you for the invitation to share my testimony. My goal is to inspire action to safeguard the lives of migrant children, including the staggering 85,000 that are missing. Today, children will work overnight shifts at slaughterhouses, factories, restaurants to pay their debts to smugglers and traffickers. Today, children will be sold for sex. Today, children will call a hotline to report they are being abused, neglected, and trafficked. And we don't know if they're going to get the help they need. For nearly a decade, unaccompanied children have been suffering in the shadows. And I have to confess, I knew nothing about their suffering until 2021 when I volunteered to help the Biden administration with the crisis at the southern border. As part of Operation Artemis, I was deployed to the Pomona Fairplex Emergency Intake Site in California to help HHS, Office of Refugee Resettlement, reunite children with sponsors in the United States. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. This is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. Among all the other problems that are happening at the border, maybe this is the biggest one. Maybe this is the one that we should really try to find the answers to and solve the problem. And it it isn't a political problem. It is a human crisis at the southern border. And we shouldn't accept it. We are facilitating it. We are. Americans are making this and helping this and allowing these children to be trafficked. Now, whether it's intentional or not, it could be argued that the United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off of the lives of children. As for me, my interest is the safety of the children. I do not view this as a political issue. I view this as a humanitarian issue. I assure you, my motives are the highest and best. I want the children protected. As you listen to the testimony here of Tara Rodas, the whistleblower, you should be aware of what's happening on May 11th at our border. Title 42 will be ending. And when that happens, we are looking for a lot of people coming across the border. We hear that they are lining up right now in Mexico, waiting for that date. And we're going to have a bigger problem than we already have, which over the last two years, we've seen 5 million Uh, people come across that southern border. Uh, Really more than that, when you consider the gotaways, uh, over one million gotaways that they know of, six million people have been added to the country, 345,000 children unaccompanied, 1,400 deaths at the border. But now let's hear what Ms. Rodas is seeing, what she saw when she went to work in California. I saw vulnerable indigenous children from Guatemala who speak Mayan dialects and cannot speak Spanish. That means they cannot ask for help in English. They cannot help for, ask for help in Spanish. They become captives of their sponsors. 
I have sat with case managers as they've cried to tell me the horror of what has happened to children as they make the journey to this country. I saw apartment buildings where 20, 30, and 40 unaccompanied minors have been released. I saw sponsors trying to simultaneously sponsor children from multiple ORR sites at one time. I saw sponsors using multiple addresses to obtain sponsorships of children. And I saw numerous cases of children in debt bondage, and the child knew they had to stay with the sponsor until the debt was paid. In just a few minutes, I'm going to get to some of the questions that Congressman asked of Ms. Rodas in this hearing. But before we do that, what does Ms. Rodas see as some solutions to the problems that we're facing at the border and with these children? It's my hope that you'll take action to end this crisis to safeguard the lives of most of these vulnerable children. People have asked me, you know, what can be done? What would you suggest? Well, first, I think HHS's number one priority is oversight. They must commit to oversight, transparency, and accountability. If I could wave a magic wand, this, I believe, could be quickly solved by experts in the IG community. I'm going to step away from this hearing just for a minute because I want you to hear this from Senator James Lankford from Oklahoma. Because it seems to me that everybody knows what is going on, but no one is really fixing anything. We're having hearings. We're talking about it. It's got to stop. It's affecting people's lives, Americans' lives, migrants' lives, children's lives. Why is everyone talking about it and doing nothing? Right now, HHS, uh, when they get these unaccompanied children, they're delivering them to a sponsor. Most of those sponsors are not legally present in the country, and those kids are having to pay off their fee to the smugglers that brought them across the border uh, by working things off in all these different places. They're literally working for the cartels here in the United States, and uh, the United States is actually delivering them to that last spot. Uh, So this has been an issue for a while. We've continued to be able to expose it. We've had hearings on it in the Senate and the House, I'm glad, is continuing to be able to focus on this. as well. So they continue to be able to expose it. But what are you doing about it? That becomes the question. These children are being affected. Their lives are being changed forever. And all we continue to do is expose it. Alejandro Mayorkas needs to be accountable. He needs to pay the price. He needs to be impeached. The Biden administration needs to be held accountable. Also, this problem goes back for 10 years. But the thing is, when there are far less people coming across the border, there is far less children coming across and being hurt. And that's really what this is about. Ms. Rodas, you mentioned something, and and it kind of triggered a response a while ago. You said these kids are being recruited in their home country. What do you mean by that? So, um, and I'd be happy to submit for the record, we have children saying that there are radio advertisements in their hometowns. So in Huehuetenango, for example, in Guatemala, they're actually advertising on the radio, come with us, we'll give you passage, we'll give you passage to the United States. There's an example of a sponsor who currently is in Austin, Texas at this moment. He attempted to sponsor four children, one from the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site and three from the Pecos emergency intake site, promising work to these children who are making $2.50 a day on the coffee farm he owns in Guatemala. So he lured them here. Now, fortunately, they were put into long-term care, but they are being lured here. Facebook ads and other things. Children are being lured here 
and then put to work here. So it doesn't sound like they're fleeing as much as they're being baited to come here in a lot of ways from what I'm hearing. In many ways, they're not fleeing. In many ways, I mean, let's take El Salvador, for example. No one is fleeing from Nayib Bukele. He's, he has a very safe society right now. Yes, maybe in times past, people were fleeing El Salvador from the gangs, but sadly, the gangs have now set up operation here, and we have evidence that there are many of them who are running the networks here who have the children. It's indisputable evidence that Department of Homeland Security has transnational criminal organizations on the top watch list, some of who got their fingerprints here in Washington, D.C., in neighboring areas, are sponsoring the children. It's indisputable. I'm just going to play one more audio clip for you from this particular hearing about the children at the border. You know, we need solutions. And and uh, these hearings continue. We continue to expose what is happening, but no one is really doing anything. And we have to have solutions because it is people's lives that we're dealing with. And it's sad. We're better than this. Our society should be better than this. Let's go to Congressman Van Drew. He's from New Jersey. If you remember back in time, this is the gentleman when Donald Trump was president that changed from a Democrat to a Republican. He represents New Jersey. First of all, I want to thank you for whistleblowing. It's people like you and, and all of you that when you come forward and tell the truth, those are big words, tell the truth. You know what? You want to know, and I'm going to be a little different, and I'm going to be a little bit political because we have the other side of the aisle saying that we're hurtful, we're cruel, we're harsh, we're inhumane, our bill is bad. They were in the majority when this was all done. This is their plan. I've spoken to Mr. Mayorkas numerous times, more than once, more than twice, more than three times, and he has told me that there's nothing wrong. Everything is fine. Everything is good. Our system is working, and it's better than ever. The bottom line is we changed the system a number of years ago where we opened our gates, we opened our doors, but we don't have all the ability to take care of everybody all the time, and that's the truth. We, only, we have enough problems in America that we can only help legal immigrants and do things at a certain pace. We just can't let the gates be open, and that is exactly what was happening under this administration is exactly what they've done. I don't want to be partisan. Believe it or not, I don't like being partisan, but I have to be in this case because when, you, when Mr. Mayorkas tells me nothing is wrong, when you see that adults are pretending to be children in some cases as well and taking advantage, when you see little babies that are just tossed aside, when you see children that are bought and sold, used for sex slavery and worse, multiple times. I mean, the stories are horrific. I know how you were sick. And you know what? I don't want anybody from the other. If we want to find solutions, we have solutions. And people have to stay home or go back home. And we need legal immigration. And we need a border, a border that really works, a border that is solid, a border that doesn't allow this to happen to children. Our society, our world should do better for our children. It's our future. It's the future of this world, and this is what we're doing, and it's happening all over the country. I mentioned it at the top of the hour. It's not just at the Mexican border with the United States, but it's, it's happening in state houses across this country. State laws have been passed in some states, and some states are still working on them, where parents' rights are being taken away when it comes to transitioning children.
I don't know how we got here. I really don't, but here is where we are. Some states are pushing back and have passed laws that will not allow that to happen. So we're seeing a greater divide in the country when it comes to these social issues. Let's go to Montana. Montana is a state that I wouldn't have not anticipated that this would be going on, but yet it is. Another part of this is what is happening in these state houses. We have disruptions coming in our democracy. People are coming on the state floors and they are protesting and they are getting in the way of the business. You look at what happened at the Covenant shooting in Nashville and the Tennessee Three have been held up as heroes and they were the ones that went on the state floor and got expelled in the state of Tennessee for doing exactly what they did. And now what happened? Joe Biden invited them to the White House as heroes. They have become heroes. Joe Biden doesn't have the time to mention the six people that were killed at the Covenant shooting in Nashville. But the three that disrupted the government, disrupted democracy, they are held up as heroes. Let's go to Zoe Zephyr in Montana. I'm the representative out of Missoula for House District 100, and I am currently the only trans woman to hold public office in the state of Montana. I'm here before you as a representative today, deciding to run after fighting against the sponsor's attempts to pass similar legislation last session. And I'm here because I believe when we are going to talk about trans people, when we are going to draft legislation that is going to directly impact trans people, we need to hear and listen from trans people in our community, and those people need to be in the room for those decisions as well. Zoe Zephyr created a protest on the state house floor in Montana. It lasted for three days and disrupted the government over this proposed bill in Montana. Here's CBS News. The public was banned from Last the hearing week. after this scene on Monday, when House leaders denied Zephyr the opportunity to talk. Zephyr had spoken days earlier during a debate on Montana's proposed ban on gender-affirming care for minors. If you vote yes on this bill, you see the blood on your hands. The result of Zoe Zephyr in Montana was censorship from the House in Montana. And she no longer has a voice. She can't speak and she can't even enter the chamber. She can only go and vote remotely now in Montana. I'm trying to highlight the fact that these attacks on our children are happening all over the country right now. Let's go to Louisiana. This is going to be the last one that I'm going to show you and let you hear. This is a committee hearing that took place in Louisiana. My name is Max Aravo and I use he or they pronouns. And today I'm here to speak in opposition of HB 81, also HB 466, but I was unable to speak on that one. Um... <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I identify as a trans male. Mm -hmm. And I moved to, I'm not a Louisiana native. I moved here five short years ago. And in that five short years, this place has become my home. I love this state. I moved here for the culture and the people. But this bill fosters an unsafe environment for all children. I keep hearing that we're trying to protect children, but instead we're trying to harm them. This bill will as we've heard from other people on suicide rates, this bill will directly impact children and cause them suicidality. I want you to understand this bill and what it is that Max, with the pronouns he and him, want you to not pass. 
What this bill does is it prevents teachers from hiding a child's gender and gender transition from parents. That's all this bill is doing. Can you believe we are at a point in this country where we have to pass laws, and many states are doing it and have done it, but here's Louisiana trying to do it, trying to pass a law only to make it illegal for teachers to hide information about sex transformation, the transition from a male to a female or vice versa, from their parents. Can you believe that? That's where we are. Now, the, this passes the committee, but I want you to hear the LGBT community in this committee room start protesting at the end of this bill. Uh, seven to five vote. Is it? Is it? Appreciate your time, committee. Uh, do I have a, is there a motion to adjourn? Thank you. So you see how they go about their business. They protest at the beginning and throw a fit, and when they don't get their way, it's a tantrum. This is going on all over the country. There are other things happening. I know some of you are doing this in your own community, and I think it's great. You're going to school board meetings, and it needs to happen, and happen more. Uh, Let's go to Utah. Let's go to Mayor Staggs of Riverton, Utah, and he calls out the school board there in a meeting, and he calls it, the filth needs to be removed from their schools. There's over 100 volumes that clearly violate the laws there. I, I do not want another school year to go by with these volumes still at the disposal of kids. Um, it's within your power to set policy. And one issue that I've heard repeatedly is that the process it takes, one has to go through, is per school. And really what ought to happen is if one volume is found to be inappropriate in one school, it ought to be eliminated district-wide. I mean, we don't, we would never just ban somebody from a school that's dealing drugs or other harmful substance. We would lock them up. We would get them out of the district altogether. To finish this half hour, I want to go to Senator John Kennedy. They had a hearing on abortion in the Senate. And I want you to hear this exchange, because what is happening in this country with the left, the Marxist, the socialist Democrats, is just remarkable. Do you support um, it being legal? to abort an unborn uh, child up to the moment of birth. Senator Kennedy, it is not a yes or no question. I support women like Ms. Zorowski. Women no, across ma'am. No, this ma'am. Co- I, I don't. I, I, I think it is a yes or no question. No, well, if, let if, me answer. If there were a law. That's, I'm just trying to understand your perspective, and I'm not accusing you of this. Of course but, not. But, but, you know, people sort of talk around this issue. If there were a bill that said that a, a woman has an unfettered right to abort an unshi- unborn baby for any reason up to the moment of birth, would you vote yes or would you vote no? 
Senator Kennedy, I refuse to be shackled by your question. What you, I have answered is that there are conditions you, that you, occur you don't know during whether pregnancy. You would vote yes or no. There are conditions during pregnancy that mean after ten weeks. No, I said, unfe- weeks, I said unfettered weeks, discretion. 24 weeks, you, you conditions would, you such would as Rosky, You're here advocating. I would, support, I would support her life. You, I would support I would her too, personhood. But, but you're advocating a law. I support her personhood. You're advocating a law that says that an unborn baby can be aborted up to the moment of birth for any reason. Are you not? Do I have your attention yet? I mean... If a kid is lucky enough to be one in a million when conceived, then they have to go through nine months of that. It just doesn't make any sense what what we are seeing in our society, what our kids are having to go through. What's happening at the border with children? Sex trafficking. They are trafficking them for work. And then the schools. And then the trans terrorists. Man, this is... This this country is is in a world of hurt. It's in a world of hurt right now. I know you know it too because you're listening to this program on America Out Loud. We have bigger problems in this world when you look around. You see China and Xi. They are going all over the world brokering peace deals. Well, you know what? Experts are saying that China is also hoarding a massive amount of food. They'll soon have over two-thirds of the corn reserves in the world, over half of its rice and over half of the wheat. But when asked about it, you know what happens? Just like everything else, China lies. One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. That's the hoarding the food. Well, what does China know that we don't? Uh, When it comes to global food shortages, China is kind of like the canary in the coal mine. You see, China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they can't afford to mess this up. There would be riots, civil panic, or even worse, when over a billion people can't eat. What does that mean for people like you and me? For Americans? Just two words. And those words? Food shortages. That's why it's a smart idea to stock up on a kit of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits. Hand-packed in the USA, the kits are compact, they stack easily, they have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And the five-star reviews online on the website, they just rave about the flavor and the taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots survival food by typing in the code out loud at checkout. Just go to 4 use the code OUTLOUD to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food. That's 4 use the code OUTLOUD. Another sad part of where we are in society would have to be the treatment of our military personnel. They are willing to sacrifice their life for us. So many have. They come back and, and so many suffer from PTSD. 22 military, former military members, veterans, our veterans, those that would sacrifice everything, 22 of them are committing suicide every day. The number may be higher. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Please stay with us here on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. 
Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code out loud at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has. Creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all.
Welcome back to Our Lives in Politics here on the America Out Loud radio network. I'm Booker Scott, and of course, going into the break there, you heard me mention that 22 veterans take their life every day. It's an unbelievable number. We can do better than that. Other than that, there are also anywhere from forty to 70,000 veterans that are going to sleep under a bridge t- t- tonight. Is that again staying in this hour? Is that what we want our society to be about? Aren't we better than that? We we're throwing 115 billion dollars at Ukraine, and a lot of these problems have so much more to do than just resources. There are different approaches to take to help some of these problems. I'm going to bring into the program now a gentleman by the name of Michael Murray. Michael is a retired uh, Marine, actually, from the Infantry Division, but I'm, I'm going to get into that with him in a few minutes. Uh, but he has started an organization. It's called LibertyOVE.org. I'm going to say it again, LibertyOVE.org. Michael, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Well, thank you for having me, my friend. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and you hear those numbers that I just brought up, about 22 uh, suicides every day by veterans. It's sad. Uh, homelessness among veterans. And you know that our country could do better if it was just out front, if people really knew about the problems. And you're one guy who's actually taken on these problems on your own, kind of have a different approach. And it's not just for military, but you also deal with first responders, police, EMTs, and uh, fire and rescue. So tell us a little bit about your organization. So, so first, I want to say that so, so the homelessness crisis is spiking. It's spiking rapidly because of the economic situation. And then number two, I would say, I would tell you that the it's hard to get the veteran suicide stats, and the latest mm-hmm. that we've gotten, it's it's actually doubled. It's actually doubled, and a lot. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, the economic situation and you know all the crises going on around uh, in our country. <laughs> but now the my organization, Liberty Organization for Veterans and Emergency Responders. So we, we provide quality free services. I do things like take guides, fishing, recreational therapy. I work with a lot of other groups now, a lot of other nonprofit veteran and first responder groups because I went through the trauma recovery intervention protocol and found so much success with what it did for alleviating PTSD in my life and how it manifests that I changed the focus uh, about a year ago to do nothing but provide trip, uh, well, mainly trip. And then, you know, I do all the other stuff, all the other therapies that are available, equine therapy, you know, sports there, whatever it is, I, I reach out to other folks because that way I can get more clients. I, so I team up with somebody like, I got your six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll be having an event. And what I will do is I will, I will go clear the people, provide the protocol, trip protocol to the folks before they do the recreational therapy. So two nonprofits working together, I'm giving my service, they're giving their service, and it just creates a better experience for either the first responder or the veteran and active military. Let's go back a minute to your service. Thank you for your service, yeah. first of all. But you mentioned that you had to go through a protocol as well. Obviously, you're retired, so you were in the military for more than 20 years. We were in Afghanistan and Iraq for more than 20 years or about 20 years. So I'm sure that you served overseas and maybe in country. Can you talk about that coming home, how you felt and what you had to go through? Sure. So 
so I, yeah, I served from 95 to, to 2014. Uh, I was sort of forcibly retired to, you know, I, I was faced with a medical board or the early retirement program and the Wounded Warrior Regiment, not Wounded Warrior Project, the regiment actually worked with me to figure out the financials and I chose the Terra. So I was an infantry officer. Uh, I was prior enlisted and then turned into infantry officer and uh, served in Iraq, Afghanistan, Colombia, Kosovo. I mean, I was in and out of Iraq several times, uh, once for a year. And then uh, I had I had an injury that I didn't know from Iraq. Went to Afghanistan in 2011 as the lead counterinsurgency trainer for the counterinsurgency training center in Afghanistan and actually blew my neck out. Uh, so I was medevaced back to Bethesda and had neck surgery. And then 11 months later, they had to wait. I had a hip surgery that, that was botched by accident. Uh, and it left me unable to continue as an, as an infantry officer. And because of the drawdown, uh, oddly enough, Booker, I was on the board that helped shape some of the drawdown. I was one of the action officers. Uh, and I knew it was coming. So I chose to go ahead and take the early retirement and then uh, that was in 14. I started working for the Marine Corps as a civilian in 15, passing on all my knowledge. I still do that. That's that's where I am right now. And then in 2021, I, I just decided I had to do more uh, because I, I was losing my friends and I'm watching my friends suffer. I was suffering horribly. I, you know, I entered the VA system and went through almost every on active duty, I did a bunch of protocols and then through the VA, I did, did a bunch of mental health stuff and it just, none of it really seemed to work. Uh, and then actually in 2021, 20, I started a second nonprofit called Rescue Ops, which I have since closed to move Afghans. And that got me onto Fox News, Fox Nation with yeah. Pete Hegseth mm -hmm. and, Dr., and Dr. Royster, who I had met at one of the events saw me on film and she said, you're, you're not right. So I got home and got she it. was literally at my, yeah, get, she was I, at my I, house. I get that all the time, by the yeah. way, Michael, you're not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I was shaken visibly and, and I, and I was, you know, you could see the anger. So, so Dr. Royster ran me through the protocol and it took me about two weeks, I guess, to kind of, after the protocol to kind of realize all the things that had dissipated, all the ways I manifested PTSD. So, so I just pulled her on board and said, look, we got to get this to everybody. And the beautiful thing about trip is I can use, we developed a trip training. So, so I want to create more practitioners. Uh, we, we've reached out to the Uvalde folks, the Nashville folks, you know, I, I can train this to other veterans groups or police forces, first responder forces, and then they could treat people who, you know, outside of my client base, because once they have the protocol, what they do with it is fine. I just need data back when they do peer-to-peer -peer support so that we can uh, continue our study we're running on trip. Now, you're, you're saying the word trip. Can you explain yep. what that is? What, what is that an acronym for? Yeah, so it's an acronym for Trauma Recovery Intervention Protocol. And it takes less than an hour. It can, it can be done over a video call. We, we set up a lot of Zoom calls. You can sign up for an appointment right now at libertyove.org. 
and someone will will confirm with you and then get with you on Zoom and run you through the protocol. And what the protocol does in short is it separates traumatic emotion or it separates emotion from traumatic memory in the brain. And typically what, what we ask you to do is think about the first and or the worst trauma. And then what it does is it attacks other traumas. Once they've you've broken that first link, the rest of them just start to explode. It's like dendrites in your brain just start breaking apart. And then when you have an incident that normally would remind you of that trauma and stimulate some sort of feeling, you start to realize they go away. So then you don't get angry. You don't get sad. I, I no longer walk into a restaurant and have to walk straight to the bathroom and then come back and size everybody up and know where the exits are. I know I no longer I can tell stories about things that have happened to me without busting out into tears. Uh, my sleep went up. I, I will tell you this. If you're going to go through trip, reserve the rest of your day to sleep, because what happens is once we run you through trip, you're going to get you're going to feel exhausted and you're going to need to sleep and what the the brain works and starts to do what's necessary what trip is perform you know was developed to do while you're sleeping and then some people require one session some people require two i think the most dr royster has ever done is three sessions uh, so it it has turned out to be an amazing thing and we're having about a 97% success rate at changing people's how they manifest PTSD, it has given so much relief. So we're we're trying our best to create practitioners and to deliver this protocol to everybody we can. Michael, if you could speak about what it was like when you had PTSD, you mentioned in a restaurant and sizing people up. What is it like for our former military? personnel to to have to live with that what what is what is that like what does it look like in an everyday life so so for me it made so i did a lot of i would work out like a madman uh i was a workaholic those were things i did to try to not think about the memories not have them so i stayed super active i was on hyper alert all the time uh, always thought something bad was going to happen to me. I mean, I, I used to drive down the highway and you'd hit a bump and it would remind me of some of the IED attacks and, and my whole body would just, I would get that feeling tense up, clench up. Uh, I, I went to the doc, the dentist one time and, and she tried to give me a mouthpiece because I'd literally, you know, I would grind my teeth all day long yeah. trying to avoid those thoughts. I mean, it had so many negative effect relationships with people. I mean, I, I could be in a room full of family having Christmas and all of a sudden I would just go to a no, it was almost like I had no feeling. I would just back out of the room and, and then I felt like I was trapped and I had to get out of there as quickly as I could. Um, it, there were so many things that were impacting my life and my performance. And, you know, I really wasn't living. I was existing. I was in survival mode. So then you find this trip and you do one or two sessions of it and it transforms your life at that moment. Absolutely. I, I, I did. So the first session I, I slept for about eight, eight, nine hours after, and it was one particular memory, the worst that, that I, I experienced, uh, 
But then, you know, the Afghan withdrawal got me so involved and I was so busy. I, I sort of fell back into uh, when I was moving Afghans, you know, mm-hmm. with, with some folks sure. uh, and, and just the stress of it all. And wa- watching some of these, you know, kids uh, send me videos of what was going on in Afghanistan and stuff and trying to pleading for their lives. So it, it really spun me out. So. I sort of fell back into not that memory, but just the the anger and the and the survival sort of mode. Um, so I went through the second session, and after the second session, my ability just I just found a complete calm. I, I saw all the ways that I was manifesting PTSD disappear, and I will tell you that I went through almost a two week period where I was calling Dr. Royster going, Hey, something's not right. Like I'm, I'm not acting the same, you know, I normally I would do this and right. she would say, look, roll with it. It's that's what this was designed to do. You're healing. Uh, and from, from then on out, I mean, it just, I've adjusted and now I'm living a one heck of a productive life and you know, God is good, man. It's an interesting window looking into your PTSD that other military members face every day and have to live with. We mentioned the suicide rate and I'm, I say 22, that's, you know, I feel like a safe number. You say it's, it's doubled from there and, and then the homelessness. So PTSD can manifest itself so many ways in in your organization, which again, I want to tell everyone I'm talking right now to Michael Murray, who is a former Marine who I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have said that. I've been corrected on that before. Once a Marine, always a Marine. So, <laughs> so, so don't, don't send me emails and this. Uh, yep. And, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So the homelessness, I, I, so I'm here, I work in Virginia beach, Virginia. I was living over in Norfolk. I'm living in Virginia beach now. And in both places I can drive around and show you dozens and dozens of homeless veterans. And, and I talk to them a lot. Uh, you know, I, I try to help them get some as much as I can out of my own pocket. I try to, you know, get these guys meals, but, but I, but I use the opportunity to talk to them. And many of these guys have PTSD or other mental health issues and they don't, some of them don't want to leave the street booker because they've found a community, a like community and other homeless veterans. And they they have to break the cycle. So yeah. so they found their comfort zone. They're they're separated from society. They can they can share their stories. They can share their current trials, and and it just becomes a way of life for them that that is comfortable. That keeps them out of, you know, having. They're just not going to function in a normal society with all the problems they have. So I try to get as many of them to sign up for trip as humanly possible because it's the first step and getting back to a normal life. It's interesting that it almost sounds like you're describing uh, a military unit that these guys attach to. Uh, they, they are with each other telling their own stories. They're not in society. So it's almost like they are the, in that military unit in Afghanistan or Iraq without the bombs and the IEDs. I, I would say that's exactly right. And I'll give you a prime example. I, I There was a guy that I passed several times in Norfolk under a bridge. And finally, one night I stopped to try to, I was going to take him to my house, let him take a shower, get some food. And, and, and he said, no, 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 you got to help my buddy. My buddy was attacked by some people. He got stabbed with a knife. You know, he comes first. 
So then I, I try to find this guy and it's like a squad of, of people that have, you know, congregated together, just like a military unit. Yeah. They're taking care of each other. They're getting food for each other. They're trying to help each other. And what's the first thing this guy says, my buddy comes first, just like if we were in combat. So, so I agree with you. It's, it's such a sad situation that we have, but you're, you're describing for me a perspective that I probably have not had about homelessness previously. So I'm glad you're shedding some light to me and also to the people that are listening right now on America out loud talk radio or on the podcast, because I think sometimes we just, we see homelessness and we think, uh, go get a job. It's just not that easy. There's so many different reasons for homelessness, but you're telling me of one that I hadn't really considered before. And that is that unity and that bond that these guys have together and they, and they have nothing else. So you come along with trip. And again, the organization is libertyove.org. And for those of you listening right now that maybe you are a veteran, that, that you're suffering from PTSD, maybe you are a family member of someone that you know is sleeping under a bridge tonight, write down this website, libertyove.org. Spread it around and, and give Michael the opportunity to help. And Michael, it's, uh, it's a big job, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge job. And and if can I go? Can I tell you what I need, Booker? Yeah, absolutely, please. So so I need I need funding, uh, obviously, because it costs money to pay the doctors to to run and and the licensed clinical social workers to run trip. Uh, so always, you know, every nonprofit needs funding. We are all volunteer, uh, except for the people that I pay to implement trip. Uh, I, I have a, I want to create a home, a ranch, a love ranch, Liberty OVE ranch, where I can actually train more practitioners. And I'm meeting with uh, the Department Department of Veteran Services here in Virginia, as well as the VA soon, because there are multiple bases in this country that during the BRAC process, we left empty buildings. And Active duty suicide is also in crisis right now, and mental health uh, claims on active duty are spiking astronomically. There's no reason I need people to help me get to congressmen, you know, senators, whatever you can. There's no reason that nonprofits, DOD medical facilities, and and uh, the VA medical system cannot work together to not only build a bond between the veterans and the active duty, but to get people cleared through not or other, you know, recreational services, whatever it is through other nonprofits, not just me. I'm not saying Liberty's going to set up somewhere on every base. I'm probably on one base. Somebody else is on another, but it creates that bond between the old guard and the new guard while also referring them out to the proper medical services. If there's something they can't handle. We could be we could be an addition to the current system by bringing these three things together. So that's the idea I have. And then personally, like I said, I would love to have a ranch where I could be training, you know, a police force a week around the country. I bring them to me. I train up 20 at a time. It takes about two to three days. And then they go. And because one in four first responders, especially particularly your EMS folks, and that's spiking because of the crime that's going on. Are, they live in trauma. 
I mean, mm-hmm. every time those guys respond, why are they going? It's a gunshot. It's a stabbing. It's something, you know, so they're living in trauma. They're swimming in it. So I want to get this to as many as I can. You know, we spent a lot of time speaking about the military part of it. And you just bring up the first responders. I did mention that at the beginning, but we didn't spend much time on it. So I'm glad you brought that back up to everyone's attention. The website again is libertyove.org. You're listening to Michael Murray, who is a former Marine and the founder of libertyove.org. Michael, thank you a lot for joining me here for this half hour. And I would love for you just to finish anything up, any final thoughts on this. We've talked about the suicide rate. We've talked about homelessness. Any, any way to bring this all together here for us? Yeah. So it's first, first, I would say if we don't do anything, it's going to grow. That that's that I I'm seeing that right now. And we don't want this crisis to grow. Um, and number two, I would say that trip trauma recovery intervention protocol is just the beginning of the things that need to be done. There's, there's other mental health things that need to be done through other services like the DOD medical system, the VA, or, or, you know, for first responders out in town. Um, all, what we do is we, we create the window. We create the window to make you realize where you were and where you can go. Um, so for me personally, I, I would, I love to, so in my own personal life, once I was cleared from trip. So, so I'm a, a huge, I'm a Christian and, and I just could not hear. I I could not feel the Lord working in my life until I quieted my brain enough, got rid of that trauma and how it was manifesting. So it opened a window for me to uh, hear, hear the Lord. And then I got involved, as you know, with Monica Matthews and Thirst Ministries. And, and she's been just feeding my brain left and right. And the more she feeds my brain, the more I want to do so. Any help anyone can give us, you can donate on our webpage, libertyove.org. That, that, that's what I need. I, I, I just want to help as many. And this is not about other than, you know, literally when money comes in the door, it goes right back out to help somebody. Sounds, so, like, sounds like me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but your money's probably helping uh, folks that, that don't need it, like the federal government. But. Yeah, exactly. Way too much of that. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, my friend. The organization, again, is libertyove.org. If you happen to be a veteran suffering from PTSD, please reach out to them at libertyove.org. If you're a family member that has someone in that situation, first responder or veteran, please reach out to them. If you can help them, please, please also go to that website and do that. It's been an interesting hour. We started with our children. We started with... The, the migrant children at the border and went into our children here in this country. And then we ended here with veterans and first responders. So our society isn't taking care of our children. And as of right now, we aren't taking care of our veterans and first responders that are suffering every day and living with the trauma, that PTSD. Is this what our society is? Is this what we're going to be known for in history? I hope not. I hope we can do better. I hope we can find solutions. It starts with one person. Michael Murray there was one person with an idea, and now he's helping many. You could be one person too. 
If you have that idea to help, start helping. What's stopping you? This hour has been brought to you by 4Patriots.com. Please go there and use the keyword and the promo code out loud for a 10% discount at 4Patriots.com. And thank you so much for choosing to listen to our lives and politics. We'll talk again next week. Between now and then, find something to do. Get loud. Get active. You are the salt of the earth, so be salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics, the podcast.